This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. John Justrinsky. Sports Radio 5 here on his Friday evening, a little late happy hour with JJ, John Shostremsky. We're guiding you through the next two hours right here on the fan. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And the Ian Rappaport appearance is brought to you by Wallhour Paint and Design. Benjamin Moore's largest paint dealer in Westchester, Putnam, and Rockland County. By OddsTrader.com, where the pros go to handicap. And by Winners Brothers Waste Systems. Conveniently rent a dumpster online at WinnersBros.com. Long Island's number one choice for waste removal. WinnersBros.com. The great Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network joins us. And Ian, before we run around the NFL, I know you were fired up about two things. One, Steve Cohen. And two, the fact that Brody Van Wagenen is out. I mean, you got to be fired up about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think fired up would probably be the right term. I mean, you know, it's interesting with the Steve Cohen thing because obviously, I mean, we've known this was coming for months. I mean, I, I think once, once the news broke that it was probably going to be him, you knew that it was definitely going to be him. So it's beta complet. I mean, this, is, this was done. And I still was so excited about it because of all that it represents, so much so many frustrating winters, so many players we didn't keep or free agents we didn't sign, and just pure franchise ridiculousness that I'm happy to say goodbye to. And then, you know, as far as Brody's concerned, um, I'd sort of like icing on the cake. I mean, I don't think he's a bad guy. I'm sure he's a good agent. Uh, I just never understood taking someone who's a good agent being like, okay, you could now be a GM. I mean... It's like even, it's like even in the his first deal. I mean, the Cano deal, his biggest thing, like he screwed it up on its face. Didn't understand value. Didn't understand why. I didn't understand why he needed to be urgent. Just wait and do the deal right before tra- right before spring training. I mean, I had a lot of questions with Brody, and none of them were answered. I am very happy to start new and actually build this thing like a professional baseball organization. Ian, I'm going to let you dream. Right now, if you have a choice of one of the five, Lindor, Arenado, Bauer, Springer, JT Riamuto, one of them can be a New York Met. We can actually have these conversations now because you have new ownership in place. You could have one of those five. Who is Ian Rappaport picking for the Mets in 2021? Uh, 
I would say Bauer probably. Um, you want the pitcher? Okay. Can't, can't go wrong with adding pitching. He is a weird dude. I think New York would go crazy for him. I mean, he would be a must. He'd be a must listen for reporters who probably drive out of their minds. Um, but great, great, great pitching always goes to the Yankees. I mean, always, always, always. So I would like for once. I mean. You know, obviously the other guys you mentioned are, are great too, but I'm just saying, like, I would like for once for the best free agent pitcher to land on the Mets. I would take all those guys. I, I'll take all, sign me up for all of them right now. Um, but Trevor Bauer would probably be it for me. All right, Ian, let's get to some NFL football. I'm starting with my team because I think they're very juicy, they're very interesting, the Miami Dolphins. This report that I saw a few days ago, the idea of turning the reins over to Tua. Because the Dolphins have the Houston pick and because they want to get an evaluation of Tua maybe to see where they're at. Maybe double dip and take a quarterback in the 2021 draft. You think that's fair? You think that's legitimate? Or do the Dolphins still look at Tua, you think, as their guy? Yeah, I mean, I I never heard any of that. Um, And I think, you know, it, it was interesting to me that Brian Flores pushed back on that on Thursday, you know, basically talking about how that's not something he's ever heard in the organization. And for me, like, it's, you know, it's hard to imagine the Dolphins spending all year wanting Tua, going through all the medical stuff, all the evaluation, deciding a couple weeks before the draft that he was theirs, waiting, you know, watching him in practice, waiting all year to start him, finally getting to start him, and then being like, all right, cool. If he doesn't work out in 10 games, we're going to move on. That's just, it's hard to imagine for me. Um, I, so, you know, is it theoretically possible? I don't know. I guess anything's theoretically possible, but they're all in on this guy. Um, I think they do. You know, they are going to probably have a very high draft pick next year. My guess is they probably take a pass rusher or, um, you know, something like that corner, Offensive lineman, I mean, it's took offensive lineman this year, but like, I don't, I'd be very surprised they take another quarterback next year. They seem all in on Tua. As they should be. Listen, let's see the kid play. And, you know, you're drafting a guy who's a quote unquote injury risk, as you just said. You took him at five, let it play out over the next couple of years. Okay. Well, I, I, Gi- I also think, just real quick, yeah. Um, he's played one start and. And it was Not against everyone. the best defensive line in the NFL, arguably, Ian. You know, that's a tough yeah. spot against the Rams. And, you know, let's, okay, let's say the Rams. Okay, Rams have a very good, obviously pretty good starting quarterback right now. Certainly someone in the top 15. He's highly paid. He helped them get to the Super Bowl. His first year, he was terrible. Literally terrible. So I have a, like, and Jared Goff has become pretty good since then. So I have a very hard time judging anyone off their first anything. Now when it comes to second-year quarterback Daniel Jones, had a terrible second half against Tampa. Yeah, he had the game-tying, quote-unquote, drive until the two-point conversion that wasn't. From what you're hearing around the league, Ian, do you get the sense Jones over the second half of the year auditioning to be the guy in 2021? We know there's uncertainty about Gettleman and whether or not he's coming back. And I know that might throw a monkey wrench into things, but how important do you believe it is for Jones to play well in this second half to make sure he's the quarterback there, I say, next year? Yeah, I mean, the worst thing you could do if you're, if you're a starting quarterback, if you're someone who believes he's a franchise quarterback, 
the worst thing you can do is allow there to be doubt. And I think, you know, not to compare anyone, but I think Sam Darnold's kind of in the same spot where there's doubt now. So when you watch Sam Darnold, all you can do is wonder, is he the guy? Is he going to prove he's the guy? And a lot of times what we found out is if you have to try to prove you're the guy, you're very, you know, often not the guy. So I think Daniel Jones needs to play well the second half of the year to make sure that people don't have doubt. Like, he's got a lot of talent. He is smart. He is tough. Uh, I believe the team follows him, which is really good. He works incredibly hard. He just tries to do too much. And, you know, at some point he has to learn. Um, at some point it has to click. You hope it's the second half now because what you don't want, let's say you took the, the performance in the first half of the season and it was the whole season. Let's say you played like that the whole season. You know, if the Giants are picking eighth or something like that, that's going to be a real question. If you're Daniel Jones, everything you do the second half of the year is to avoid that question. Ian Rapport, the NFL Network, he joins us here on The Fan Ian, as a guy who's following what's going to be the coaching carousel in about, I don't know, eight, nine weeks, whenever that may be, oh, yeah. Eric Bieniemy is the hot name that I know is going to get all sorts of love. Andy Reid coaching trees had all sorts of success. But in the college ranks, if there's one guy to watch out for, who would that particular candidate be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um you know, I would say we've, we've seen – I'm not going to say Matt Rule has had success because they're three and five, but we've seen that kind of work a little bit. So I would Oh, say, no question. I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further, in. I think he has had success. Some people said they were tanking at the beginning of the year. They've played hard in every single one of these games, and I don't know if you agree or disagree. I think Rule is going to be successful there. I'm in on Matt Rule. Yeah, and, you know, I would say that's – that's kind of, you know, probably what people want. You want someone who can build a program. So, you know, if if a – like Dabo Sweeney is going to get some interest because Houston Texans is open. Um, you have Jack Easterby who's running the show there. You know, he's has, – they have a good relationship. Deshaun Watson has a good relationship. I would say that's someone who will, will definitely get interest. You know, Harbaugh will, I'm sure, put his name out there like he does every year. Um Urban Meyer will probably welcome some interest, but I'd look more at guys like PJ Fleck and Pat Fitzgerald and the guys who have built programs. Those kinds of guys are probably to me better and better served for being in the NFL than the guys who are great recruiters who would then come to the NFL and not be able to recruit. Ian, after watching the Pittsburgh Steelers last week beat the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, they're cooking right now. Roethlisberger's playing well. Steelers front seven is terrific. Are they the biggest threats to Kansas City in the conference? Uh, I think so. It's just it's interesting because the the Steelers look good. They look like they don't really have a weakness. I mean, they sort of had a weakness at linebacker, and they traded for Avery Williamson, who will do a totally fine job there. And, and yeah, um, they are good. They are tough. They can run the ball. It was weird at the beginning, though, because they were winning and Ben didn't look great. And now you're kind of sort of starting to see him round into shape a little bit and look like the Ben of old. If he's going to have a good second half, then I would say legitimately look out. Um, you know, to me, though, it's all Kansas City. I mean, the Ravens are good. The Steelers are good. There's a couple others. We'll see if the Browns are able to kind of, you know, turn it on here, see where they end up. 
Um, but to me, it's all Kansas City. Because even And even though they have a loss, they still are the complete team where all anyone cares about is, can you beat Kansas City? In the NFC, is this Tampa's conference to lose? I mean, I look at that defense. They're playing great for Todd Bowles. And Brady's got Antonio Brown now coming to town. You got all those weapons there, Ian. I can't wait to watch that game Sunday against New Orleans. I think Tampa's the team to beat in the NFC. You buying that? I'm not quite ready to say that yet. Um, now, I think they've, you know, they've looked good. I, I'll be curious on Sunday night. I mean, the Saints are probably going to have all their guys. They're probably going to have Michael Thomas. And they're probably going to – I mean, Drew Brees is going to play. Emmanuel Sanders is back. Um, I would – I'll be curious what happens there before I say any of that. Um, I would I would say the Packers and Seahawks, though, are, you know, Rodgers is electric and was so great last night. I mean, it was comical how good he was last night. Russell Wilson might be the MVP. Both those guys can run the heck out of the ball. Um, both them can, you know, play, I think, enough defense to keep it close and let the quarterbacks work. Um I'm not quite ready to put Tampa up there yet. And, you know, the question, I mean, I don't think Brady had a lot of questions. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But he started out slow. He's turned it on. It's a little bit of a new offense for people that they haven't defended. I'd be curious if the defenses catch up a little bit in the second half of the season. But, you know, obviously if you're Tom Brady, you're getting Antonio Brown back. Um, You know, you're in a position where this is exactly why you went to Tampa if you're Tom Brady, to be – right here, right where you are now. Um, A guy that I hear so much about, Ian, and I know you're diving in in the NFL week in and week out, but don't worry, this guy's going to be there next year, if not the following year. From what you've heard from people around the league when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, I think he's can't miss. I think he's one of the best quarterback prospects coming out in the last 20 to 25 years. There's no way in the world this kid's going back to school, right? Like, I, I, there's no possible way, right? That can't happen. I, I haven't heard anyone, I haven't talked to anyone who thinks he's come back to school. Uh, I mean, I guess anything is theoretically possible. And if it were me and I could go back in time and you say, hey, you get a fifth year of college, I would probably say sign me up. College is pretty fun. Um, I just, I've not heard that at all. I mean, to me, it's all about, you know, him him going to the NFL and, um, you know, probably being the number one draft pick. And if it's the Jets, then I think it's the Jets. And then they will be very happy to have him, and he will be very happy to have them, and he'll be a big star in New York. And um, I think it's all going to be fine. Um, I just, you know, rarely – but you're right. I mean, the kind of prospect he is, almost never do you get that sort of can't-miss prospect who's been so obvious a number one pick probably since he first stepped on the field. All right, Ian, final one here, and I appreciate the time. Take me through what your Saturday and early Sunday morning looks like because when I was working overnights a couple of years ago and I was working Saturday into Sunday, there was nothing like being on the air at like 4 in the morning and getting the Ian Rappaport tweet about a guy playing, about a guy sitting. I mean, the fact that you're all over this stuff, it blows my mind. It's incredible reporting. But, I mean, dude, when are you sleeping? That's what I want to know. Well, first of all, we still do that. You might be sleeping, but they still happen. I would suggest waking up around 4 or 3 in the morning uh, tomorrow and just kind of seeing what's going on on Twitter, you know? Um, 
So basically, you know, I, I spend my Thursday and Friday and a little bit of Saturday getting my stuff together for our Sunday pregame show. And then Saturday, I basically double-check everything. So everything you heard earlier in the week, you double-check it and make sure that it's still right. Injuries, storylines, you kind of, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's and kind of get ready to write a couple stories. And I get everything ready for Sunday. And then, you know, it all publishes, a lot of it publishes at like 4 in the morning on Sunday just to make sure it gets out there when people are waking up. I have a couple stories I publish. Uh, get a little Peloton in, and then we do TV for about four hours. And then, you know, by the time we would do all the reporting and by the time we get to the games, it's it's actually nice. Like, I'm kind of relaxing and hanging out and watching the games like a regular person. And then, you know, someone gets injured and you got to start working again. But by the time you get to the games, it is really a, a tremendous thing on on Sunday afternoons. Ian, this was a ton of fun. Appreciate the time. Keep up the good work. Enjoy the Peloton. And I'll be thinking of you if Trevor Bowers uh, donning a Met uniform. Second game of the year in 2021, all right? Uh, Embrace the weirdness. I would love it. Thank you, man. You got it. Good stuff there from Ian Rappaport over at the NFL Network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 